0: Welcome back to the Lady Heather show where I talk about my life so you can forget about yours. It's been years, decades since we've talked and there's been so much going on in my life and I need a uh, creative outlet and this is both serves as that for me but also a way to connect with you and then also... I love listening back to old podcasts just to hear where I was at in certain parts of my life. So we're back. Um, a lot has changed in my life, but uh, some things have not changed about how we do this. This is a one-take show. I'm recording this in my phone, so if the audio sucks, I'm an amateur. Sorry. Um, and I don't really have a, a script. I have a few bullet points to kind of lead me in and out of what i want to talk about but i just i miss you um as you probably know if you're listening to this obviously you're familiar with me in some way um i've been off social media i stopped instagram um i don't know how long it's been now a couple of months now And I just had this epiphany one night. We... Oh, it was in January? Oh, yeah. Why does it feel like summer? Um, It was at the end of January. We went out for Stephen's birthday. And after a night of excessive drinking, I was sleeping on the couch because Stephen was snoring way too loud. And... Or trying to fall asleep on the couch. And I swear, I just got this wave over me that I needed to get off social media. And... So the next day I started kind of, I listened to podcasts about getting off social media. Part of me was really scared because I have over 10,000 followers and it's just been such a positive place for me overall, net, net. But recently I just felt like I couldn't fully be myself. And most of that was me wanting to control or make sure that everybody understood me and we being honest that everybody liked me which come on I know better than that but I think I just got more sensitive and more I, I don't know I just felt like I couldn't be myself and I would think about things the reaction I was going to get before I posted something instead of it just being a place where I can just be myself and post whatever I want and I didn't like that so I missed the connection with you I miss <laughs> I miss what we used to have. But every time I get back on now, I just don't like it. It reminds me of when I quit Facebook. And I guess I didn't quit Facebook, but like I slowly stopped using Facebook and started using Instagram. I was late to the game. I'm always late to everything. But I hated what Facebook had turned into and i have to say that i feel the same way about instagram i just it's not like when i click onto the app it's not a happy place for me right now i use it i have a private account that i use to look up things and every now and then i'll go back on my other page just because some big stuff has happened and um but i I miss stories, but basically I miss talking into my phone and knowing that you guys are going to hear it and react to it. Um, And when I'm in a really good mood or getting really good coffee, I just want to share it, which is silly. But those are the times like when I'm in a really good mood and really happy. I don't miss necessarily posting on Instagram unless I have something long to say, but I miss just talking to you when I'm happy. And I've been meaning to get back into this and to sit down and to podcast and I don't know why it's like this creative block that I have or you know kind of like working out you just say I'll do it tomorrow tomorrow's the day I'll do it tomorrow and then it never happens so something happened today and I'm like okay we need to document this as we go so um So I've been off Instagram, so that's not... That used to be a place where I would go and, like, scroll in my free time or, you know, when I'm waiting in pickup line for the girls or whatever. Um, But that's not it anymore. Hate it. And I am now a massive um, consumer of TikTok. And I love it. And I have a handful of people. I mean, I don't even know how many people I follow. But I follow a good amount of people. And they're like my people. And I go on daily a couple times a day probably just to see what they're up to and I made that space a very mental health positive body positive funny space and I didn't I definitely didn't do that with Instagram when I was growing my Instagram like it wasn't about that and I don't think I I needed that then or knew I needed that then but TikTok is like my happy safe place I I'm not I don't feel like a content creator. I'm not I don't know. It just feels like a different platform and it's a little intimidating. I made some videos before, but I ended up deleting them when I deleted all my social media just to kind of start fresh and I still am not in a place where I'm ready to create there. But I really enjoy consuming it. And when I first got on it, I did fall into the hole. It, You know, if you're if you're late or resistant to TikTok, I fully, fully understand. Um, I didn't understand it. I thought it was dumb. And everybody kept telling me and telling me and telling me. I'm like, oh, whatever. Uh, and one night, I don't know what it was. I laid in bed and there I was up until 2 in the morning just scrolling the never-ending hole of TikTok. And over time, I don't really do that anymore. I just stick to the people that I follow and that I like. And I don't know, I enjoy it. It's, it's a really happy, uplifting place for me. So that's where I go because I still need and want to consume things. I also still go on YouTube. I still enjoy that. There are a few people. Um, HRH, I love her. She's A hot, bitchy mess. But she's one of my favorite people um, to watch her videos. They come out on Thursdays usually. So I look for hers. And then, you know, my uh, podcasts, of course, are my number one love. And so, yeah, so I'm still consuming. I just haven't been creating. Therefore, I haven't really been connecting. And this already just feels really good. I feel calm. I don't feel nervous about this. I feel like I'm just so ready to talk. And I also realized that one of my favorite forms of podcasts, what I enjoy listening to is people just talking about their everyday boring life. It it equates to watching TikTok videos of people's morning routines, right? Like there's nothing special about it, but there's something connective and comforting. And that's why I want to sit here and talk to you and share my everyday life. And just see where things take us. Because a lot of the people that I used to listen to on podcasts now have grown and become really big. And so now they have interviews with people and they're not really sharing as much of their personal, boring, you know, or everyday lives. And I miss that. So that's what I'm, I'm making. That's what I'm sharing with you. Um, one of the biggest things is we sold our company. Steven and I sold Blue Lion Salon Studios. So we started it 10 years ago. My background, as you know, uh, I was a hairstylist and Steven's is in architecture and construction and um, started with one location, built it up to 15. They were in Houston, Dallas, Austin, one in Colorado. And I... We were, okay, so I'm going to give you a little, I'm going to shed a little bit of light on this process, but I want to talk to Steven and make sure he's comfortable with me sharing stuff. Wanna, his His desire in life is to become more and more private with everything, which is hilarious because mine, I just want to talk to the world. So I want to respect his boundaries, but I also want to be able to express myself and like, I don't know, I think we have such an interesting story and I wanna share it. Um, so this will, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of insight on this and then I'll talk to Stephen. Oh, maybe he'll do a podcast with me where we can talk about, like go much further into this. Um, but long story as short as I can make it with all my detours is that we were approached a few years ago, I think it was back in 2017 or 2018 about selling slash merging our company with another big name and we went way down that path, we traveled for it. we met all these people. There would be a place for there would have been a place for Stephen and I in the company in the um, at the top of the company and we went way, way down that path, and then we realized that we weren 't ready. We still felt like we had you know something more growing to do with blue line we weren 't ready to sell it or merge it merge the brand with another brand so we said no put that on ice and kind of backed away from that and then that's when after that when all that happened it's like we had an awakening and that's when we sold the manor house and if you don't know what i'm talking about Go back down on my Instagram, Heather Suchma, and just scroll down and you can read. I wrote a kind of like a little miniature book, but chapters about what happened in our lives at that time. You, what you didn't know is that we were considering selling the company and that's what kind of uncovered all of our feelings about everything. Um, but anyways, we sold our house, the manor house that we had spent so much time and everything building. Everybody thought it was our dream house. We thought it was our dream house, our forever home. So we sold and kind of created a more simple life for ourselves, kept on with the company, tried a few other things um, to grow within our company. We started a nail salon, which to the outside world, I mean, it was a freaking success. It was beautiful and the experience was what I wanted. And I found the most incredible manager, Kim, who acted like, I mean she was like a she acted like a mom to me like she loved me and wanted to protect us and she hired amazing staff and it was beautiful but it didn't make money we were losing money and we were losing money because you know I, I i still do not fully understand the nail industry there's so much of it that culturally is different the way businesses run is different And, um, I, I do believe that we didn't have this, the scale that we needed. We were, you know, there were only five pedicure chairs. And I think in order for nail salons to be successful, I really think you need, um, the economy of scale. And we just didn't have that. You know, we built it inside one of our salons, our Katie salon. And, um, so to the outside world, it was an incredible success. I was, it's something I'm very, very proud of. And the fact that it didn't make money. Uh, and that it lost a lot of money was not a product of us not creating something incredible. It just it the the finances weren't right in it. But it was a great learning experience, also very stressful. Um, <laughs> and there there were some other things that we tried to do within the company. We tried to partner up with somebody to do um, like body sculpting. And that was a complete bust. I think the people that we were working with, I don't, I just, it was a bust. I knew it was going to be a bust. I didn't even want to do it in the first place. But Steven, uh, you know, he, it's something he wanted to try out. So we did. And that failed. And then, you know, over the years, just talking about failures, I had the boutique shop, the social, and that failed because owning a boutique is freaking hard, And it's hard to focus on growing another company when you're still running a really big other company. Um, So anyway, so we tried a bunch of things and we still on and off were approached by that same company. Like, are you guys ready? You know, we just kind of stayed in contact. And then randomly we got an offer um, on our Colorado location, which was a, you know, we had a partner at that location that ran the location and did an amazing job, but they were more disconnected from our corporate office, and I think it was just tough, but it was, I mean, God, I talk about all of our salons, like they're all my favorite, but it was amazing, but we got an incredible offer on it, and so we decided to go ahead with that, so we, that was the first one that we sold, and then I don't even remember exactly what happened, and, and why we decided to continue moving forward, but we just really did decide that it was time to sell. And so it was scary and difficult to keep quiet because they sold, like the outside Houston salons sold in chunks. So our first location to go was our Cypress location that we had had a partner with and that partner bought us out. So that sold and then our Colorado, sold and then our Dallas sold next and then our Austin sold next. So these are different brands. They're all each one that I just listed is owned by a different owner. Um, and then we had one of our Houston salons, one of them sold separately. And then we had our final eight in Houston. So our final eight were here and there weren't a bunch of rumors about us selling or anything like everything was still really quiet for a while. Um, and I think I had let my guard down. I didn't want people to know that we were selling because I didn't want them to panic, and yeah, I mean, you, especially when you're selling, you can't discuss anything until the ink is dry on the paper, because anything can change up until the very last second, so we sold our final eight to one company so they all stayed together our corporate team stayed on so the difference is the name of the doors and steven and i are gone we're not leading that company and i'm so thankful that blue lion like the dream the name the the legacy ends with us and selfishly i think i probably would have allowed the name to continue if they wanted to if they wanted to grow that brand of course I think I would have allowed it but I'm so thankful that it didn't and now blue lion if you were part of it like we have a secret handshake like our we're you know you're part of something that we did and now I, I just think we're the best obviously <laughs> um but yeah so we sold the company and uh it was very stressful on me Um, as I had to go around and talk to people on the team as certain locations sold, I had to make the announcements and, um, just having to keep a secret, obviously, you know, I like to talk, you know, I like to share what's going on in my life. So the fact that I had to keep my mouth shut, it just felt stifling and I felt lonely and I felt anxious. And so I kind of drew further and further within myself and, Um, for the, I can't remember how long, but I've been dealing with mental health issues for all long freaking time. I mean, years now. And so probably for a year or two, I was on Lexapro and then my anxiety was more under control, but I started to suffer from depression and um, I talked to my doctor and she ended up adding in Wellbutrin. So I had a Wellbutrin Lexapro cocktail and that was great. Um, and I think I was on birth control too, to help my periods, even though my tubes have been removed, I was on birth control to help with my periods. And so, you know, I mean, I did see the title of my last episode. So that's when I got my BBL and breast surgery and all that. Um, and so I'd gotten that done, and my weight at that time—I'm five foot three, for reference—and I'm not p- trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger warning. I'm just sharing my story, but I do not mean to upset anybody or to, you know, I—I'm very curious about these things, so I want to share what I would like to know if I were listening to this. So, um, at that time, I my weight was around one forty, and. Like my normal weight when I'm healthy and working out had gotten to 130, 135. And so after I had Teddy, I never lost that last 10 pounds. So I was at 140. But then I need to look at the dates. But over the, the past year or so, I've gained, I'm at 165, 170 now and never in my entire life not even pregnant (laughs) with Tori who I gained the most weight with I've never been this heavy ever and it's not like anything that significant had changed it's just like it kind of crept up on me and with um, quarantine and the pandemic like I was stressed and depressed and That was just, that was a really, 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 really hard time. Um, I'm trying to think if that's when, oh, right before that, Stephen and I had had a really hard time in our marriage and had gone to counseling, thank God, right before the pandemic. Um, But everything, like everything, all the stress and anxiety and depression just kind of kept creeping up as my weight did. And, um, I took myself off birth control. I'm like, maybe that's what's making me gain weight. So I took myself off birth control. Didn't ask a doctor because why would I when I can do exactly what I want? Nobody can tell me any different. So I took myself off that. And then, you know, like any well-treated patient, I felt like I was ready to wean myself off of my anxiety and depression medication. So I started with Well, butrin. I was taking three pills a day and I went down to one and Lexapro I started taking half a tablet so five milligrams a day so I did that for like a week I would say two but I'm probably lying to you so it was probably like a week and then I went to um half a pill every other day and then I just stopped now I didn't bother researching it I figured I didn't want anybody to tell me any differently. I wanted to be out of my system, honestly, with the hopes that I would just lose weight. Also, just a side note, my doctor had said that Butrin is used to help weight management in patients, or that can be a side effect of it. Well, of course, that didn't happen for me. I ended up gaining more weight probably when I started that. So I weaned myself off and now looking back and actually reading, you should go way, way slower, like months and months and months, like six months to wean yourself off Um, and obviously with a doctor's guidance. And so I was off and all of a sudden I got this high of like creativity and feeling emotions and it was incredible. Like I realized that being on that medication kind of numbed me Where I think I did need to be numbed. I needed that medicine. But I had forgotten how much I missed just feeling. Like I never cried. I never got super excited or felt creative. Like this something woke up in me with that. You know being off the medication. But I started to notice that certain sounds would hurt my body. So I will say let me back up to quitting Lexapro or cutting down. I went through nausea and headaches extreme tiredness I should have documented it at the time but I don't I don't fully remember but I definitely went through withdrawal with that and it was it was tough um but I stuck with it and got off of it and then um with Butrin, well I I that one's easier to get off of um but so I got off those and then I started to get this I don't know if they're like brain zaps or zings or but certain sounds would hurt my entire body. And it wasn't a particular sound, it wasn't necessarily a loud sound or a high pitch sound. Sometimes it was the sound of my own voice, but it would physically hurt my body. The best way I can describe it is I felt like I was inside out. Like all of my nerve endings were on the outside and the you know, the sound vibrations of certain things would just hurt so Bad And it would make me very cranky and angry because I was in pain all the time. And how do you describe that to Stephen or, I mean, our children? Like, how do you describe that to them? They don't get it. So I got back with my doctor and I admitted to her that I was my own doctor for a while and that I just quit everything even though I knew I shouldn't have. And so she's like, why don't you? She said that um, I might have um, possible signs of like ADHD or... Um, that I don't know. I forget now, but then it might be sensitive to certain things and that Wellbutrin helps with that. So I got back on one pill of Wellbutrin a day. Hold on. I'm just thinking about this. Do I sound like a 95-year-old woman talking about my medications and my body ailments? I'm not trying to. I'm just trying to catch you up. And I would be really curious about this because I feel like, well, I have surrounded myself with mental health divas on social media. So I feel like everybody's broken in the head like me. So <laughs> I just want to share my story. So I started taking that one pill of Albutrin again, and that definitely helped. And that's what I've been doing. And just kind of waiting to see what would happen with my weight. Surprise, surprise, nothing. If not, you know, further weight gain over time. Um, so now, you know, here we are. We'd sold the company and I have time on my hands. I have nothing, you know, Steven's in land development now. And he has a, a company with um, one of our friends that he knew in elementary school. They played Little League together, and I knew him from middle school. And so we've known him a long time. So he and Steven, he he was um, an engineer working on his own, and he and Steven ended up partnering together and... Um, They make an amazing team. Their company's doing incredible. It's much less stress on Steven because it really is just he and his partner and the projects that they're working on. Um, It's not like running a company where you have 30 employees that you have to worry about and the HR with that and the blah, blah, blah. So he's happy. I'm being a mom trying to, uh, I don't know, figure out what I want to do and just chill out and like de-stress from 10 years of running on empty high stress and so we hired a personal trainer a local guy that we actually had met at a gym we started a while back and he, he was the GM or the manager for that location and so anyways he's not with them anymore now he does personal training so he comes to our house on Tuesdays and Thursdays and works us out and um kind of guides us on our nutrition we haven't like I know what makes my body feel good and I have been fit before Though I am far from it now, I have been fit before. So I just, we need motivation to start working out again. Steven and I both have not worked out regularly in years since I was pregnant with Teddy. So two and a half, three years now, which I guess isn't that long, but it's long enough to get way out of the habit of it. And my body's just completely different now. So I've been focusing on that. Um, I had Booked. oh my period started to be irregular i was late for a well woman exam but i mean the only partner i have is steven he's the only one i've ever been with like there's nothing everything's fine so i kind of you know put off my well woman and so i guess i should warn you too this is going to get graphic and probably stuff that you don't want to hear about me but you're here i'm here so let's go so a few months ago i had um a period that lasted like a month and i have always had on birth control off birth control i've always been textbook regular exactly what i should be for you know either the birth control i'm on or no birth control like completely predictable normal cycles so having a four-week period was really strange and a little scary so i finally stopped and i kept telling myself i'm going to book an appointment and I didn't. And then the following month I had no period at all. And then the month after that I had a regular period although it was super light and then I ended up while I was on the regular period after the long period and the missed period, I went ahead and made an appointment for my well woman exam. Um so I the the OB that delivered Teddy is not the same one that delivered Tori and Stella. That doctor who I loved is was no longer practicing. So I found this doctor um, through recommendation. He's a guy, his name's Dr. Heaps. I'm sure I talked about him through, you know, in other episodes when I was pregnant with Teddy, but he was phenomenal. His, his sense of humor is dry like mine, but his bedside manner, like, it's like he sits in the room and you're the only person in the room with him, which though you are but like it's so personal and he takes his time and he's really smart and I love him but I'm still like a little girl when it comes to you know well woman exams everybody freaking hates it but it just felt so weird to have a guy so I'm like you know what even though I love Dr. Heaps he's the absolute best I'm going to um, see a girl a woman in this practice a female so I booked the appointment. Um I was excited to see her, excited to excited is the wrong word, but I was anxious to kind of describe what I've been going through to see like what's going on. Is everything normal? And so I get there, you know, you do the dreaded step on the scale, kill me. Um, and then I go and sit in the room and the nurse comes in and she's like, Oh, did you want to see Dr. Heaps? I'm like, No, I'm like, I love him, but I really, really just wanted to see a female doctor. And she's like, okay, no problem. I think it was Dr. Heaps nurse that came in to double check on me. So then um, the doctor comes in and she's like, Oh, did you wanna see Dr. Heaps? I'm like, No. I wanted to see if was like, okay, I'm just making sure you didn't want to see him. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna speak freely. I'm t- I'm telling you this between you and me, I'm gonna speak freely. I'm gonna cuss a lot because I'm just gonna I'm just gonna talk to you like you're my best friend. Okay. So I'm like, no bitch. I already told the nurse like I I want to be here with you a female. So she comes in and immediately her energy is super rushed. She's clipping off sentences that I'm trying to say and I don't know what it is and please tell me I'm not alone, but every time I'm in the gynecologist's office and I'm talking about like my hormones or, you know, whatever, I get emotional. And I hate it because I feel like I can't freely talk. I feel weak. It's strange. Like, I hate it. So I'm already, it's, it's vulnerability in, in a way that I do not like to be vulnerable. You know, you're physically vulnerable there while some woman's got her hand up your vagina and feeling your boobs. You know, it's just a very vulnerable position for a woman to be in. Um, and so I was already nervous. And then every time I tried to talk, she kept cutting me off. She's like, anything else? Mm -hmm. Anything else? I'm like, okay, well, I've gained weight. How much weight have you gained? And in in what period of time would you say you've gained it? So I start to explain it to her as much as I can before she cuts me off. And then she's like, "Um," well, excuse me. Before this, she asked if I was interested in birth control. And I'm like, "Mm, no. So we go on. And when I'm telling her about my weight gain, she's like, are you sure you couldn't be pregnant? I'm like, you dumb bitch. Look at my, before you walk into a new patient's room, who's a patient of the practice, you're not even gonna look at my chart. Like, are you serious? Like, no, my tubes were removed. And then I just felt further and further away from her. Like I'm I'm pulling the covers over my head and this is not going well. I want to cry, but I'm not going to cry. And I'm like, no, I'm not pregnant. I got my tubes removed. And she's like, oh, well, you know, it's it's your age, you know, now that you know you're a little bit older, 36, you know, you really have to watch what you eat. Like simple sugars, white flour, and I want to kill her. Like really? This is what you're telling me. I'm like, okay, okay. You know, I so belittling, Snoopy is snuggling up next to me. I'm laying, I'm laying, I'm sitting up on the bed and snoopy my cat has just come and put her arms on me um maybe she senses that i'm upset right now probably over this stupid doctor and you know she's like is there anything else um and i don't remember what all i said but i guess i just kept pushing and she's like okay well we'll check your thyroid i'm like okay and got out of there and it was just awful i got out of there and i burst into tears and i called steven who's skiing right now and i'm like that was the worst experience ever no i guess he was still in town at this time but i called him he was at the office or something and i'm like that was horrific like i i don't even know how to describe to somebody who's not been in that room sitting naked with a gooey vagina in a napkin trying to get help I mean it's just so vulnerable and so I was just so upset by it and I you know my the the office or the practice sent me and asked for feedback I'm like oh bitch I'm giving you some feedback and I never do this which is bad and good because with any place you should give good feedback i'll definitely give more good feedback like to small companies and etsy shops and stuff like that i leave reviews um usually if i have something bad to say and i don't feel like it's going to hurt other people if it's just my opinion i keep it to myself but to me so i ended up googling her and i saw other people she had a not so good you know or lower rating than you would want from a doctor And people were saying the same thing. They just felt rushed. They didn't feel like she knew their medical history. So I'm like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to say something. So I wrote a sassy message. Um, and somebody ended up calling me and I will say she didn't apologize but she listened to what I was saying and I had said I'm done with this practice. I had had another really bad experience because I found a lump in my breast which ended up just being a cyst but I wanted to get into their office as soon as I could so I saw a different nurse practitioner and she was dumb as a rock and the most insensitive worst bedside manner. I swear she was a parking attendant downstairs and they just she wandered upstairs and found a a, you know, scrubs after spilling coffee on herself and then just started, you know, feeling up patients, giving them her opinion. So after that, after seeing her and then seeing this other doctor, I'm like, I'm done here. I'm going to find another recommendation. Like I quit. But after talking to the person, she's like, do you want to see Dr. Heaps? Like you, you know, you seem to have really liked him. I'm like, you know what? Yes. Yes. Go ahead. Book me an appointment. They got me in, you know, a couple of days later, which was yesterday with him. And yesterday morning, my anxiety was bad. Steven is out of town. He's skiing with his dad in Colorado. And I mean, I'm happy, like the girls, everything's going good, but I just, I don't know, you know, generalized anxiety, not wanting to leave the house or be in public. And so I seriously considered, and please don't shame me for this, but I seriously considered fibbing telling a big fat lie and saying that I had a fever so that I didn't have to go in because I'd gotten the thyroid test back. Did I say that? I think I might've cut myself off, but I got a thyroid test from this woman after much persisting. She's like, okay, well, we'll test your thyroid, okay? But if that comes back normal, you just need to you know, watch what you eat and exercise a lot. I'm like, okay. So I got the test results back and my thyroid was within the normal range. So with knowing my thyroid was in the normal range and you know, I already got the pap smear, which came back normal. So I'm like, why am I even going in to see him? You know, like, I don't know, maybe I am just crazy. And, but I'm like, no, I mean, I have depression, anxiety, and I haven't slept in six years, six and a half years. So something probably is wrong. I'm like, okay, Heather, just go. So I go and I'm telling him, you know, about my, you know, medication history, getting off medication, whatever and he's like well you might want to or need to go back on um uh lexapro like it sounds like it helped you a lot but then i explained to him what i really enjoyed about being off lexapro and he's like okay and so he recommended a birth control to help regulate my period um And then I told him how strange my periods have been. He's like, oh, wait, 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 let's do a full, you know, it could be, let's do a full hormonal panel on you and see what's going on. And if nothing's going on, then, you know, getting some progesterone in your system, which he's like, I bet you're low on, which I have a history of being low on. And, you know, it will help with regulating your period. So let's get you on that. And I'll recommend or I'll prescribe you Ambien for you to use a couple nights a week, just so you can start getting a good night's sleep, so that um, your body, even though you're not under stress, because I'm like I'm free as a bird right now, like I'm not stressed, um, even though you know you're not mentally in stress, your body is stressed out, and you need to sleep and rest. And so it's like a couple nights a week, take. Um, the ambient and the other nights you can still take whatever you were taking Benadryl melatonin I just flip a coin and take something at night so I'm like okay so I went down got my blood drawn which was actually a lovely experience I hate the lab it's just sad and just sad but the woman there is like super sweet and she's like where are you from I'm like here she's like no I'm like yeah I'm just just white girl she's like no you're not i'm like yes i am but thank you so much if like i used to dye my hair jet black and have long black hair and put tons of self-tanner on because i wanted to look exotic and not like just a plain old white girl but i am just a plain old white girl but she said i look like venezuelan or i'm like oh my god i love you so i left there after seeing dr heaps feeling completely listened to completely heard and like i had a plan of action ahead of me um, and then being complimented that I looked exotic and not just like a basic white bitch. I was really happy. Had a really good afternoon yesterday and here we are today. I'm tired. What else is new? Not sleeping that well. Never do. Um, so I told myself I was gonna, after I dropped the girls off at school, I'm gonna come home and take a nap. And I did. Oh my God. I just got a notification on my phone that Teddy had a pee accident. <sighs> She's two and a half. Should she be potty trained? I don't know. The daycare is trying. In full disclosure, I'm not really trying that hard at home because I don't know why. (laughs) It's a lot of work. I don't know. I, I don't know. But this girl, I have to wash her pee clothes every day because she has accidents at daycare. Anyway, so this morning I get back home from dropping the girls off and I climb back into bed, put the pillow over my head just so I can see out enough to watch... Um, uh, below deck sailing yacht, and fall asleep. I wake up at ten a.m. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna wake up. I have some things to do, and I get an alert on my phone that my test results are in. I'm like, oh, good. So the first, it's like a panel of hormones. So there's a few different things that they tested, and the first thing that I look at is normal. I'm like, okay. So part of me is kind of disappointed, but part of me is thankful because. I know, I feel like I know something is not right. It's not just me being a fat ass. Like, oh, that's what the, I'm sorry, that's what the female doctor told me, that my period was irregular because of my weight gain. Because I'm so fat, my period is irregular. I'm like, she wouldn't even listen to me trying to explain to her that, that I, that's, I don't think that's it because I've been fat and my period's been normal. Like this is, something else is wrong. Um, So... Then I started opening up the other test results and a few of them had me in the uh, post-menopausal range of hormones. Post-menopause. Post-menopausal. I'm 36 years old. 36. But I'm like, Part of me is like, yes, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I'm so thankful that Dr. Heaps took the time with me. I'm so thankful. I don't know what this means. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I started doing quick research and crying a little bit. I called Steven and, you know, he's just like, oh, well, it looks like you can't be postmenopause until, you know, you haven't bled in a year. I'm like, babe, I'm not saying I'm postmenopausal. I'm saying that my hormone levels are there. Like, I don't, something is wrong. So I'm waiting on the call from my doctor, and I called one of my other friends, Charlotte, who has, you know, deals with hormonal stuff herself. So she fully was somebody that fully understands. And I don't know what this means. I don't know if if I have no idea what this means. I don't know if this could mean that I do have PCOS. PCOS. I don't know if this could mean that I have a um, autoimmune issue going on? I don't know. So they send the results and I read them. And then I read the the note at the top, which says that, you know, a lot of patients choose not to read these because you could, you know, see information that looks bad or, you know, that you don't have an explanation to and just wait for your doctor to call you. Well, too late. And even if I would have read that, I probably would have read anyway, because my curiosity, you know, I'm so excited that I got my tests and the results were already back. Like I want answers. So Am I in menopause? Am I partway through menopause? That would explain. Over the past year, I've gotten so many tattoos. I think I'm going through a midlife crisis. Maybe I'm only 36, but if my body and mind are like, you know, 60, 50, well, I guess 60 wouldn't be midlife. I don't think I'll be that lucky. But maybe, you know, my body's like 50. So maybe all these hormones and, you know, (sighs) oh <sighs> maybe i'm in a midlife crisis i got a huge arm tattoo huge it's amazing um somebody asked if it was a sleeve i'm like uh no it's not a sleeve because it's not full but there's a an, a tattoo artist that's absolutely amazing he travels the world and like it is his art that he created for my body um And it's beautiful and amazing and I love it. It took seven hours uh, and it's getting close to being done healing, but it's still scabbing. And the seven hours actually wasn't that bad. I kind of loved it. I listened to um, S-Town podcast, which I had already listened to, but it's kind of like one of those comforting... You know, like you have that rerun show that you like to watch at a certain time of year because it, it, like American Horror Story in October, you want to start it over just because it's like comforting and in the, you know, I don't know. It just felt right. So S-Town, I got to listen to the entire seven, six or seven episodes while I laid there and got my tattoo and it was raining and I started early in the morning and it was just like peaceful and wonderful and I didn't want it to end. It's like being on a long airplane flight. Like I just, I love it. I love It So I enjoyed it. But the healing process is bitch. It hurt really bad after I was super, super, super swollen, super bruised. Just because I'm really sensitive. And the scabbing part is, you know, not cute and not very pleasant. But, okay, I think that's almost everything that's been going on in my life. Yeah. I mean, I guess I have a little bit more. But I'm just going to say it. Stephen can get over it. We bought property in Wimberley. If you know, you know. We love Wimberley. Wimberley has our hearts. And I think we want to move out there full time. Not this summer, but the following summer is what we're seriously considering. So it's a super amazing piece of property um, in a little area that one of our friends who was also ended up being one of our partners in Blue Lion, he is um, developing this property and it's right on, or right up against the devil's backbone. It used to be the old Boy Scouts of America property. So it's like 400 and something acres. Um, it's now divided up into 14 tracks and it's going to be, there's going to be a huge lake in the front. Like it's, to die for but anyways the piece of property that we bought is like 23 acres and there's um, two cabins on it they used to be the rangers cabins which is super cute and exciting and so we're redoing the first of the the smaller cabin right now and then we're going to redo the little bit bigger cabin and then we're going to build our the the main house and so we want to have the smaller cabins probably to rent out now but um also when we have kids like i want their families we'll probably need to build one more on the property but so their families can have a place to to come so we can all be together and i will never say ever again that something is my forever home because nothing is my forever home like as much like wimberly has our heart yes but we could fall in love with greece or italy or you know like who knows but I want this to be our, our our family's meeting place where we all can meet up together when we have grandkids and I don't know. So that's going on. So now I think you're pretty much caught up. And I don't know. So I guess the whole reason that I decided, like, what pushed me over the edge instead of saying, I'll make a podcast tomorrow, is that I wanted to share this hormonal journey with you because I think it's important and I don't know what the hell is going on. Um, Yeah, and I'll just share with you what my doctor says and what the treatment plan is going to be. And yeah, I'll share with you all the boring, amazing, you know, stuff. So... Thank you for listening. I freaking love you. I've missed you. Um, I'm trying to think of a way that you can reach me. You know, how about this? If, because I'm off social media, it's kind of difficult. If you want to reach out, leave a comment, if you want me to go further into certain things, you can email me at heathersuchma at yahoo.com. Yes, I still have Yahoo because I don't know the difference of yahoo gmail icloud hotmail who the hell cares it's all the same to me so heathersuchma at yahoo.com and um i definitely definitely don't deserve it but if you want to do something for jesus today you can leave me a five-star review and i love you i'll talk to you later bye